0: Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Here's your host, founder of America's largest business coaching company, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you and welcome to It's a Good Life. Today, we're going to introduce a series we're going to do throughout the years, kind of every month or two, we're going to share a program entitled What I Learned From. And I'm going to share insights I learned from mentors and teachers that uh, hugely impacted me and changed my life and performance. And I'm going to share what I learned from them. And so it's only fitting that the first guy up today is going to be what I learned from Lou Holtz, the legendary football coach. He was uh, 34 years in the coaching business, obviously uh, from 1986 to 96 is when he was the coach of the Fighting Irish, when uh, I identified with him the most. He wrote a fabulous book called Wins, Losses, and Lessons. And in it, he details the six programs he took over. He took over six losing football teams, and within two years, took every single one of those programs to a bowl game. He had a formula. He had principles. He had practices. And he applied those to be a winner, consistently, and everywhere he went. Now, I had the great privilege of first being exposed to Lou Holtz in 1986. In fact, right when he took over Notre Dame, he was at a conference, a conference that turned out to be a life-changing conference for me. Also at that conference was the great Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, a number of people that had a huge impact on my life, great presenters and speakers, and a number of those folks I'll be featuring in our What I Learned From series. But today I'm going to focus on Coach Holtz, a brilliant man throughout the years, developed a relationship with him by him first coming to speak at our conferences, and then we became friends and golfing buddies, and now so much more. And he's really, without any strings attached, has been just a mentor, and basically he's the guy that anytime I need him, I reach out to him, and other than that, he just doesn't need an. And uh, doesn't need acknowledgement, doesn't need me to shout him out, doesn't need anything. Just a a great man. So I'm going to walk you through kind of my journey with Lou. And I'm also going to do a few cool things today. We're going to play some live footage of Lou speaking at a couple of our conferences. And then I'm going to share probably one of my favorite stories I told at a live conference. And if you're a podcast listener, one of the things I'm going to encourage you to do, if you enjoy the Good Life podcast or its previous iteration, The Brian Buffini Show, you need to come and see us in person. Now we don't put on as many events as we used to, but Buffini and Company events are not to be missed. They're a big bonanza. They're fantastic, extremely motivational, inspiring, and it's kind of what we do. Podcasting is what we enjoy now, but we still put on these mega events, whether it be Mastermind, whether it be our leadership conference, our master classes, the peak experience. These are fantastic events, and they—they they, they, of course a lot of them they sell out pretty quick, but. Uh, if you ever get a chance to come and see us in person, I'd love to see you, especially uh, I've enjoyed lately a couple of events I've done and I've asked the audience how many of you got to know me through the podcast and it's kind of a cool deal. So kind of takes the relationship from this audio relationship to the next level. So I'd like to to meet many of you. I an experience here the other day. I'm going to give them a shout out. I um, We took our entire company to a Padre game and uh, the Padres have the top of the Western Metal building. So they built this cool stadium around some of the buildings that were standing in San Diego and the whole top of this western metal building is a great hospitality area so we had a couple hundred of our staff and their family members there and next to us is the organ player for the Padres so as they do in american sports and one of my staff grabs me and say oh you got to meet the organ player and i said oh i'd love to and i went over there and he goes i listen to the podcast every day it's the greatest thing in the world so it's great when i get to meet the podcast listeners i know we we interact this way, but uh, if you ever get a chance to come and see us live, why don't you do that? You won't regret it. Three things I going to share from Lou today is first, the three questions that changed my career. I'm going to talk about when and his principle of you're either growing or you're dying. And so let's talk about the three questions that changed my career. So I can remember it. The guy who was my business partner, the late, great Gene Kuhlman said, Brian, you've got to take you to this seminar. Now, Zig Ziglar was speaking and that was his guy. He says, Zig Ziglar's speaking. There's this other guy, Jim Rohn, I've heard. He's good. And also this coach, Lou Holtz, is going to be speaking. So I went along. I'd never been to a personal growth or motivational seminar before. And there were thousands of people in the the arena. I never forget it. I mean, that event changed my life. And that's why going to events and taking this stuff on board, getting out and about and doing something, getting out of your house and out of your car and out of your comfort zone and go to an event, it can change everything. And, and that event in 1986 changed my life. I met Jim Rohn, I met Zig Ziglar, and I got exposed to Lou Holtz. So Lou said, there's three questions that everybody has when they meet you, when you're going to do business with them, when they're going to engage with you, in his case, if a kid is uh, going to trust them to be recruited by him, and it was this. And I can hear him with this little lisp saying this, can I trust you? Are you good at what you do, and do you care about me? Can I trust you? Are you good at what you do, and do you care about me? Now, I heard that in 1986. I'm going to share with you with all of our technological advancements and AI and all the things, the social media and everything else you hear, those are still the three biggest questions people have, and they're bigger than ever before. They're bigger than ever before because... So much of what's on social media and what's in, whether it's podcasts and books and this thing, it's a lot of it's just so false. Reality TV is the falsest thing in the world. It's all scripted. But the fact of the matter is, can I trust you? That is a bigger question today than ever before. Are you good at what you do? And do you care about me? When I embodied those three principles, that became the essence of what became my referral business. So, as a a young practicing real estate agent in the mid 80s, can I trust you? Are you good at what you do? And do you care about me? Was all of my dialogue, all of my marketing, all of my promotion, all of my interaction with my database, with my customers. Can I trust you? Well, obviously, that sets up a referral, a personal endorsement. So, somebody that your customer, your future prospect trusts and endorses you, that's the most powerful thing at all. So, I, I set about making sure that the people in my database, the people who know, trust, and like me, I was staying in contact with them. I was giving them a reason to talk to their friends about me. And I would provide them with what we call items of value in the mail, information on how to raise their credit score or protect themselves from identity theft or improve their taxes or cool information about housing or all kinds of stuff, goal setting. I'd send them all kinds of stuff. It was a chance for me to build trust with my database So that when they came in contact with someone who needed my services, they could talk about it. So can I trust you? Are you good at what you do? And so the ability to be able to communicate not just your character, but also your competence. And how to communicate your competence. How to articulate that in specific detail so that people, when they referred you, could be specific. I used to communicate my competence around the area of negotiation. That was a strong suit of mine. Uh, Attention to detail, strong suit of mine. And so when people heard he's a good negotiator and he really pays attention to the details, boy, that that made him feel I was good at what I did. And then do you care about me specifically? And that showed up And when I went on appointments with customers and how I listened, how I asked questions, how I took notes. Those three questions became the cornerstone of my business and have been the cornerstone of my business. They're the cornerstone of my curriculum today in how I teach people to grow their business. So it's amazing what happens when you show up and go to an event. Lou Holtz gave me that. And we built a great relationship. And again, I had Lou come and speak at many of our events, and I'll share some of those little snippets with you here today. But one experience in particular, Lou asked me to come to Notre Dame, and I got to meet the Alumni Association and so on and so forth. And then about a year or so later, they said, hey, we want to build a statue to Lou Holtz. And this actually, this bronze statue, which is in the back, uh, for those of you who ever check out, any of our clips on YouTube, you'll always see this statue. It's a bronze statue, weighs about 50 pounds, and it's a replica of the statue outside Notre Dame. And I was involved in the fundraising to get this statue built. And here's Lou with a couple of his Hall of Fame football players here. So I went out to Notre Dame for the unveiling of the statue. They gave me this beautiful trophy. And on the way home, it turned out that was the night our house burned down in a fire. And we got in late from Notre Dame, We have six young kids. Basically, the fire department shows up and you got to leave. And we had to leave in the middle of the night. The house burned down, lost all of our possessions and memorabilia and everything else. The only reason I had this is I had it on my plane with me. I'm about to share a story that I told at a live event. So Lou, you know, his heart went out to me about losing the house and so on and so forth. And he asked me for about a year and a half. Hey, he knew I was a golfer. I knew my brother was a golfer. My dad was a golfer back in Ireland. And lose a member at Augusta in Georgia, the Masters, the holy grail for any golfer in the world. And he kept asking me to go out and play and go out and play and go out and play. And so what I'm going to share with you is a story. It's a funny story. And again, why you need to go to our live events. Uh, But I want to share a funny story, but also with a powerful principle in the middle of it on how Lou Holtz, even in the midst of his empathy and his care, wanted to bring me and my dad and my brother to stay at a cabin in Augusta for two days and played golf for two days, but how he also coached me up. And, you know, we all need help. Even motivational speakers need coaching and motivation. And uh, you'll hear in the midst of this funny story, a dynamic of how Lou Holtz coached me up and they gave me a life lesson. So I'm going to share it with all of you today. It's about seven, eight minutes long. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a fun story, true story, about the time Lou Holtz brought the Buffini brothers and their dad to Augusta. Now I used to be a pretty good golfer as the kids got busier and life got busier. I went from being a one handicap to like a whatever and playing twice a year. So Lou's after me all the time and I finally said, okay, let's do it. Let me just put it on the calendar. I know this. Let's do it. Let's do it two weeks before the tournament. Good. I'll bring my dad out from Ireland. Yada, yada, it'll be great. Well, in the meantime, life goes on and I'm still catching up post fire. My golf clubs were in my Mercedes that burned to the ground. I don't have a set of golf clubs. Dermot says, hey, man, we gotta go golfing. We gotta go practice. We gotta go this. I go, "Derm, I am up to my eyeball. So here it is. It's now two days before we go. I have not hit a golf ball in two years. I do not own a set of golf clubs. Dermot calls me, what are you gonna do? Whatever else. Okay, and literally, this is true as I'm standing here. I go to Walmart <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night and buy a set of golf clubs. For those of you who don't know golf, that might not be the premier place to get them. <laughs> And Dermot's like, what are you going to do? We're about to play the hardest golf course in the world and you haven't had a golf ball in two years and you haven't practiced. You haven't even, I said, here's my plan. I'm going to (laughs) cram. Used to do this in college. So we get to the golf course. I said, I'm going to get up the following morning. I'm going to beat the balls for about two hours. I'm going to find a little something to work with and I'll ride that all day. So we're there. Bring my dad. Now you got to understand, we're sitting in Augusta. We're in the restaurant. Look, I'm a a real estate training guy. I'm here. Here's the president of ExxonMobil. Here's the head of... American Express, and all these different characters, the owners of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and here's my dad. And my dad looks at me and goes, bet I'm the first house painter that you ever had inside here. <laughs> so we're spending the night in the cabin with Lou. Lou's smoking the pipe. He comes in, and Lou is wrapped tight, and he's ready to go. And he flies open the door. He goes, all right, man. Breakfast at seven, teeing off at 7.30. 30. Mm. I go. What time's the driving range open, Lou? Like, Seven thirty. So I'm like, oh, now I'm really sweating it. So now I realize I'm really gonna hack. So I start working on my stories. <laughs> so this is true as I'm standing here. We're on the first tee at Augusta. You get your own caddies, got the white overalls on, the green cap on, and they have your name on the back. This happened. I'm on the first tee. The caddy pulls off the head cover. there is plastic on the head cover. He takes out a tee, and he looks at me. He takes out a tee, snaps it, takes off the plastic, takes the price tag, And he hands me the club. And I know what he's thinking, he's like, I'm wearing this schmuck's name on my back. Charlie freaking Walmart. I got 36 holes of this. So I get up, I put the ball down, I take a couple practice swings, and I stand up, and I just hit this laser. 280 yards straight left. (laughs) (laughs) Into the middle of the freaking trees. Oh my God, we start on the 10th hole, and 10th hole's tree line, rubble. I'm in the woods. I'm like, okay, give me a two-iron. He takes out the two-iron, takes the label off and there's a gap in the trees about six feet wide. And I'm like, I can do this, I can do this, even though I haven't practiced and prepared. And I'm gonna hit a two-iron, and I'm gonna hook it about 60 yards around the trees. And I wham it, only it doesn't hook. And, And I said something that rhymed with that. And the ball goes boom, all the way across the fairway, way over into this clump of trees. And the caddy is walking ahead, he's chewing tobacco like this. And he's walking like this. He finds the ball, he's standing there, I come on over. He goes, Miss Buffini, I'm caddying here 25 years. I ain't ever even seen this part of the golf course. <laughs> so now I'm embarrassed. So I hack out, jack up, I get on the green for six, I make like a 30 foot putt for a seven at a par four. Well, between that and the next tee, I'm making all these jokes. Oh my God, I haven't done this. He's peeling the things off, and you gotta see this, Lou, and this and that and the other. Oh my God, I haven't hit a ball in two years. Oh my God, I used to be great when the kids were small, and I'm doing all this, and I'm, and I'm embarrassed. But I'm doing it, and I'm telling the stories, and I'm good at telling stories. So we're getting under the tee, getting under the tee, Lou's just walking the whole time, and he spins on me, and his pipe comes this far from my nose. He takes out the pipe, and he looks at me in the eye, and he goes, did you come here to play golf? or to make excuses. Now I'm Irish. I'm pissed. My brother Dermot's there, and he's known what I've gone through. He's double pissed, and he says, he comes to me, I don't care. You hold him, I'll hit him, I tell you right now. We've been thrown out of better places than this, let's go. But now here's what happened. He got in my face and now I gave him my best excuses and now I'm stripped naked. I don't feel like I have any game. I got no confidence whatsoever and he just took away my excuses. And now I'm standing there on the 11th tee of what's called Amen Corner, 11, 12, 13. It's Amen Corner because you're supposed to say your prayers going around it. And I stand up and I manage to kind of fish hook this ball down the fairway. And I take out a wood and I kind of schlabberdon it down onto the green. And I manage to get up and down and I make a par. Because I'm grinding my lights out because I'm embarrassed. I get up on the 12th, it's the hardest hole in golf, and I manage to get it near the green and chip it up and make a putt. I get to the 13th, I put it on the fairway, I put it on the green, I make a birdie. Now I'm one under par around Amen Corner. I birdie 15, I birdie 17. Lou Holtz didn't say a freaking word to me. We go in for a little snack, because we just played the back nine. And he's sitting down next to me. And he hadn't said a word in eight holes. And he looks at me and he smiles. He goes, isn't it nice to come to a place like this and play well? I shot in the 70s that day, and I remember it. But what I really remember is being coached. And what I really remember is being stripped away of my excuses. And when he stripped away of my excuses, I came to the place, I just gotta do my best, whatever the hell that is. And I'm gonna get away from the stories, I'm gonna get away from the excuses, I'm exposed, I got nowhere to go. And I played 36 holes that day, and then we went and played the part three, and for me and my dad and my brother, it was one of the most memorable days ever. And Lou Holtz has told me repeatedly, and his best friends have told me repeatedly, that was his favorite day he ever had at Augusta. Because by the way, it's very rewarding to coach somebody up. He brought me out there because he wanted to impact my spirits. He knew I'd been through a hell and back. And my excuses were stopping that from happening, so he stripped away my excuses. He loved me enough to do the hard thing and made me better than what I was setting myself up to be. So I don't have now, years from now, a story of that I'm really embarrassed about how I hacked around, I went to Augusta, but it kind of sucked. I have in my heart a memory I have of myself, my dad and him, for the rest of my life see a coach can pull more out of you than you can pull out of yourself got to say i got the goosebumps listening to that story that is uh, as real to me as where i am sitting at this recording desk right now you know it is true and the great lesson in all that is we all need it you know what what if all your excuses were taken away what if your weight loss excuses were taken away what if your business excuses were taken away your finance excuses the excuses that we have for our mindset, our attitude, our upbringing. I got to experience that that day. It, it, the guy cared enough to strip my excuses away and uh, did it the right way. He did it the way he knew I needed it. And that's, that's the kind of thing I did. And I end up doing my best. It's one of the things that's inspired me for many years because I'm now the coach. And I'm the head coach of the greatest coaching, business coaching company in America. And we get to change people's lives all the time. And my coaches are very skilled They're not quite as in-your-face as Lou Hulse, but they, bit by bit, will remove people's excuses and help them remove their own and help them play at their best level. And that's why so many of them do so well. You know, their average income coming in is 38 grand and their average income now is 460 grand. They're making 10 to 12 times that of their competitors. So that's a powerful thing. By the way, I'm going to say it. I'm I'm unapologetically always going to promote coaching at Buffini Company. If Buffini Company was no longer mine and I was no longer involved with it, I would promote it till the day I die because it changes people's lives and it changes people's businesses. And if you're interested in getting coached, go to itsagoodlife.com slash BC and find out. You know, we have competitors that have contracts that when you sign up for coaching, you can't get out of the contract for a year. And the reason being is, is their coaching sucks. And we're like, no, you you get to try it out for free. And if you don't like it after a month, you move on or month two or month three, you're good to go. But we know that people have a special experience. That's why people stay with us for years and years and years because their business continues to grow. They continue to grow. In our business, we have up to seven times the retention rate of any of our competitors. So we don't have to lock people into contracts that they can't get out of because the coaching really works. And coaching works on me. It works on you. It works on us all. So can I trust you? Are you good at what you do? Do you care about me? Those three questions I got from the man years ago at a seminar changed my world. The other thing I got from Lou was called WIN. And this is something specifically he used to turn around those football teams. And WIN is an acrostic for what's important now. This is when you need to take action. You need to make a change. Let's say your business is in decline. Let's say you're experiencing a recession. Many people are struggling right now. What's important now? And I'm going to let Lou share this. He shared this at our leadership conference a number of years ago. But just a little bit of his philosophy on WIN.
1: Don't go through life be a spectator, be a participant. Decide what you want to do and remember the word WIN. WIN stands for what's important now. You ask yourself 25 times a day what's important now. Evaluate the past, focus on the future, tell you what you have to do in the present. You want to win a championship, ask yourself 25 times a day, what's important now? You wake up in the morning, what's important now? Get out of bed, all. What's important now? Eat breakfast, eat your strength. What's important now? You want to be a champion? Go to class. Sit in the front row. You're in the weight room, you want to win a championship, what's important now to get stronger? Not because somebody's looking. And you're out Saturday night, and there's booze and drugs and sex and heroin. You want to be a champion? What's important now? You better avoid that situation. See, ladies and gentlemen, it isn't complicated.
0: So simple, yet so profound. I've used this to turn around Buffini and company a couple of times. Evaluate the past. Focus on the future so you know what to do in the present. Evaluate your past. Focus on your future so you know what to do in the present. When. What's important now. And it gives that sense of urgency and attention and focus. And he would get do this with his coaches and his players. Boom. And they turn around a program. So we have three questions. We have three letters across to what's important now with when. And then lastly, a great principle for Lou was you're either growing or dying. You know, Lou Holtz walked away from Notre Dame at the peak of his powers. And the reason being is that he started to play it safe. He has the alumni. He has, you know, all the pressure on him. Everybody's, you know, he'd win 10 games a year. They'd won a national championship. But, you know, he'd win 10 games. He'd still be under the gun. And he started playing it safe. And he left before he became the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. He talks about this, and it's you're either growing or you're dying. And it's a great principle for us all. Until the very day we pass, right behind me is a sign from Michelangelo, Incaro in Paro, I'm still learning. He said it near his deathbed. We're all either growing or dying. And so Lou is where I got that from. And here's a little minute and a half clip of what he means by that.
1: And there's a rule of life. It said you're either growing or you're dying. The tree's either growing or it's dying. So is grass. So is a business. So is a marriage. So is a person. And it doesn't have a thing to do with age. There are no age restrictions on having dreams and goals. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I thought I was tired of coaching. I wasn't as tired of maintaining. Because all of a sudden you have success. And you're on top, and you say, let's keep it here. Let's not jeopardize it. We've got a good living. It's going well. Let's not take any chances. Let's, let's not open ourselves to any criticism or any difficulties. Let's maintain it. Whenever you maintain anything, you never have a reason to celebrate. You never come up with any new ideas. And when I left the university in Notre Dame, I never thought I'd coach again. But what it became obvious to me, I was not tired of coaching. I was tired of maintaining. And that's why I went back into coaching, not to prove anything. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's a challenge. You have to have a reason to get up. You have to have something to excite you. And no matter how successful you are, no matter how long you've been married, look and say, how can I make this better?
0: Great stuff. He always used to say to me, Brian, you got to have three things, Uh, someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. And the one thing I would share with you on my personal relationship uh, with Lou Holtz is what you see is what you get. Genuinely authentic person. What you see is what you get. He was the same guy on a golf course that he was on his ESPN show. He was the same guy sitting backstage as he was on stage. And so just the genuine article. In fact, uh... A young man I've mentored over the years, uh, Jeff Ginsberger, is a chaplain for the USFL team in Birmingham. And Lou's son is there, Skip Holtz. And sure enough, I said, how Skip? He goes, exactly as you'd imagine. Just the real deal, the genuine article. I guess the, the most powerful thing I can share is the full circle I began today by talking about how Lou reached out to me after I lost my house in a fire. Well, believe it or not, uh, Lou, while his bride was still alive, and she passed here recently she had long-term battle with cancer and came back many times but Lou and his wife's house was struck by lightning down in Florida. The house caught fire and you can imagine the amount of memorabilia and stuff that he had in his home. he's a celebrity I think he might have been the most common guest ever on Johnny Carson like so he was a celebrity he was you know world-renowned coach unbelievable memorabilia he would have had and I reached out to him because I know what it was like to lose my house and lose all the stuff and I'll never forget the email he sent me back and he said Brian thanks for your care and I sent him a little care package and he said just so you know it's your friendship that means a lot to me he said I didn't lose anything in that fire that I can't take to heaven even in the midst of his trial he was still teaching me and so that's what real coaches do he had a system he had a formula he was who he said he was, and he went and lived it. He had three questions that changed my career. He had win that's helped me turn around my own company on more than one occasion, and given me the ongoing philosophy that you're either growing or you're dying. you got to have someone to love, something to do, and something to hope for. That's all from the great Lou Holtz. I hope those principles have been helpful for you today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Lou himself. I hope you heard our, enjoyed our little Augusta story, just as a little edutainment today, you know, from one of our live events. But this is one of the influences that changed my life, one of the influences that made an imprint on me. And I hope that I've been able to make an imprint on you today by sharing his wisdom with all of you today. Thanks for joining me today. And with that said, I'm going to hand you over to the great fighting Irishman himself, David Lally. Oh, I wish I could live up to those intros, Brian. Thanks so much, as always. Fantastic. Lovely to hear you talk about your mentors who have become mentors to all of us through you. So what an honor he was such a gentleman i met him backstage and i was just here listening to you thinking that i don't ever want to forget it's such a privilege we get to run across these icons and uh, you know i certainly didn't grow up in the west of ireland thinking that i would be backstage at some monster event uh sitting listening to this guy share wisdom over lunch so thank you for that experience and that opportunity to send us on our way today one of the best herself tres buffini
1: may the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back may the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face and until we meet again may God hold you in the hollow of his hand see you next time